0: The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. guys, welcome back to the show. And today we're going to be talking about five potential reasons why you are not seeing results, right? If you're on your health and fitness journey, you have a goal in mind, you could be doing these five things that are really, really pulling you away From that goal and and stalling your progress overall. But before we get into those top five reasons, I want to give you guys a little bit of a life update as well. Just a little check-in on me and all things happening in my life, because it has been a little bit crazy these last few weeks. Obviously, we talk about the holiday season, and I think it's a pretty busy season for most of us. And it's stressful, and there's travel, and there's family and relatives, and you're doing a lot. And I just feel like this time of the year is crazy but we've been going through quite a bit over on my side of things in my family. Um, We have had two of my family members, I'm not going to say who, I'm not going to call them out, (laughs) two of my family members uh, tested positive for the good old C word, and they have been not feeling so hot, not terrible, which I'm very, very grateful for. I think we are very fortunate that I would consider both cases more on the mild side, which is fantastic, but they have been laid up in bed, quarantining in their rooms, you know, walking to the bathroom with gloves and masks on. It has been crazy. Um, And then my little brother is actually on his way to the doctor's office because he potentially has strep throat. So my house right now is basically a breeding ground for germs and bacteria and I don't even, viruses, all, all of it. So I have tested negative quite a few times. I feel great. I'm super fortunate for that. I honestly owe a lot of it to my healthy lifestyle that my immune system is just kicking it into high gear right now and fighting everything off, which is amazing. But just to be sure, I wanted to kind of limit my exposure as much as possible um, to remain healthy. So I have checked myself into a hotel room for these next few days. I got myself a suite. I packed up a few bags, a few little meal preps, things like that to stick in the mini fridge here. Um, And yeah, I'm just going to be, you know, solo chilling in this hotel room for a good few days just until things calm down in my house quite a bit um, just to make sure that, you know everyone is feeling better. We get a chance to disinfect everything. I'll be going back there uh, quite a few times just to help out with things. I, I feel terrible that they feel so crappy, but again, again, just had to kind of remove myself. I have a lot, a lot of stuff to do work-wise this upcoming week or two, so I want to make sure that I kept myself self-healthy and moving forward. So that is where we're at. Um, again, just Staying as healthy as possible. Workouts have been really good. I'm feeling awesome in my reverse diet. Um, I haven't talked about that too much on here. Maybe I'll do that in a future episode with just some um, updates on me and my health and fitness and where I'm at with everything. But I was reverse dieting, obviously outside or after the summer months of cutting and you know lower calories and a little bit more cardio. We you know phase out of all of that i can't be a lean bean shredded machine all year long i like my food i love my food actually so i have been reverse dieting for quite a bit but we actually we it's just me i don't know why i keep saying we but my calories right now are sitting anywhere between you know 1900 ish to 2000 ish just depending on the day my hunger levels my workouts etc so i plan to go up much higher than that because i do think that my overall energy expenditure each day is pretty high but For right now, I feel really comfortable at that level of calories. I don't feel a need to continually push it. I'm full. I'm satisfied throughout the day. I'm enjoying my favorite snacks and treats and kind of have a really, really good balance going on. My strength in the gym is up. Like all the the milestones and markers that indicate, you know, we're good are checked off at the moment. So I'm going to kind of keep things steady with where I'm at. Again, if I want to keep building that number up, I absolutely can. Um, But yeah, like I said, workouts have been pretty good. I am dealing with a little bit of a hip mobility, you know, injury type deal on my right side, which I have pinpointed down to a very limited range of motion in my right ankle from gymnastics and surgeries and breaking it so many freaking times where it has eventually become so stiff in my ankle joint that it's affecting like my mobility, my kinetics in my hip all the way up. So lots to go over there. Again, I think I'll probably do this in another episode where I just touch on what the heck's going on with me. So working through that a little bit, doing stretches and mobility stuff as much as I possibly can. Guys, do not ignore your stretches. Do not ignore your body. Do not ignore mobility. If you are on a heavy lifting regimen or you're starting one and you're going months and months without ever really stretching or slowing down or paying attention to how you're feeling, this is your sign. Do not ignore those things. This I ignored this until it was to the point of like, I can't even walk and my hip is just killing me. So we are working our way back from that, but it's been a little bit of a tricky, bumpy ride for sure. So just focusing on other things um, in the gym, focusing on other things in my life, focusing on the positive. It's been a ton, lots and lots of updates. So I won't bore you guys too much with the nitty gritty details, but that's a little bit of what's going on in my life. So anyway to the good stuff, to the episode. Five reasons why you are not seeing results in the gym, in your weight loss, in your muscle building. Again, whatever your goal is, these five things can apply to anyone at any stage, at any level. Um, And truly, I think that really nothing is more frustrating than when you feel like you're doing everything you should be doing, everything you see on the internet, and it's just not working. And you're like, dude, what the Fuck, man, like everything that everybody says in posts, I do that, I do that, I do that. Why isn't it working for me? Right? I'm sure a lot of us have had that conversation in our brains to maybe someone else, a significant other. It's frustrating as hell. But newsflash, guys, you're not that special. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that there are certain fundamentals that will basically guarantee progress for 99.9% of people. And if you're not seeing results, it's less likely that you're that, you know, 0.01% and a lot more likely that you're not correctly doing each of these five things. So we're going to run through each of them. Okay, so the number one reason why you could potentially not be seeing results in the gym is you're not implementing progressive overload. And I'm going to break that down quite a bit because that term is used over and over and over and over again to the point where most of us are probably sick of hearing progressive overload. Like, okay, we get it. But what does that mean? What does that mean for you in your workouts, in the gym, all of that? So progressive overload takes the form of many different ways. Like there, there's many different approaches to progressively overload. It doesn't just mean using more weight. However, That is a big one of them. So, one reason, like, you're not, if you're not implementing progressive overload, like, you are probably using the same weight in the gym for weeks and weeks and weeks on end, and you're not pushing yourself. And the hard part, the tricky part of this is that you're picking up that same set of 20 pound dumbbells, right? Over and over again 20 pounds, 20 pounds, 20 pounds, 20 pounds. Those 20 pounds, it's still gonna burn. It's still going to be challenging. It's still going to give your body, your muscles, your heart rate, like the responses it would because you're still lifting weights. And that's where the problem is. People feel that burn or that, you know, spike in their heart rate. And, you know, they get a little out of breath with that 20 pound set of dumbbells for weeks and weeks on end. And they think, oh, it's still hard. It's still hard. It's still hard. Your brain might think it's still hard, right? But your body's like, bro, I've been doing this for weeks now. Go pick up those 25s. Like it's ready for that increase whether you think it is or not. So if you're using the same weights over and over again for weeks, your muscles aren't being as challenged as they need to be in order to change, right? Like you have to put an adequate amount of stress on that muscle, that muscle fiber, all that body part, whatever it is, you have to put an adequate amount of stress on it for it to need to adapt because that's essentially what muscle building is. Right, You are putting so much stress on your muscle that it breaks down and says, shit, I'm not strong enough in my current state to do what this crazy lady is asking me to do. I need to repair and rebuild bigger and stronger in order to keep up with the demands being placed on me. So if you're using that same 20 pound weight over and over and over and over again, your muscle's not having that conversation with itself. It's not saying I need to adapt to to respond to these heavier demands because it's like, I'm the same size I was last week. She's picking up the 20s again. I'm going to be the same size next week, right? You have to be increasing the weight that you used. A good kind of uh, frame of reference for this, excuse me, is like if you are able to go up every set, go up every set. If you're asking yourself, huh, I wonder if I can go heavier. You can go heavier. If you've used those same 20 pound dumbbells for your walking lunges for the last week, jump up. Right. The worst that's going to happen is a you're not able to complete all the sets of walking lunges at 25 pounds. B, it's too heavy. You do one rep and you're like, hell no. Nope. Going back. Right. There's no or C) you do it. This is probably what's going to happen. You do it. And you're like, oh, shit, I'm way stronger than I think. And without jumping up kind of before you're ready. Right. Take the leap before you're ready. Same shit applies here. Without doing that before you're ready, you're going to be kind of slowing down your own progress because, yeah, maybe eventually you do jump up to the 25s or the 30s, but you wasted two, three weeks doing the same thing over and over again, expecting your muscles to change when there's no need for them to change because you're using the same weight that they are already capable of doing. So you got to lift, like most of us lift as heavy as our mind thinks we can rather than as heavy as our body can actually handle. So this is your sign to go pick up those 25-pound dumbbells. Give it a go. If it's so hard and so heavy and you can't lift it, go back down. But I guarantee if you're jumping up in five to even two-and-a-half-pound increments, you're going to be able to do it. And even those small increases set by set, week by week, that's what progressive overload is. That's where you're going to see a change in the size of your muscles, in the size of your glutes, in the size of your biceps, whatever the muscle group is. Excuse me. Sorry. So another way to kind of approach this is your RPE, your rate of perceived exertion. So I like to use the scale of one to 10. There's like a one through 16 scale as well. I don't think we need to go into that many numbers. So the RPE scale is as follows. So again, one through 10, one through three-ish is like hardly exerting any effort. You can maintain this for hours while holding a conversation. So this is like walking at like a 2.0 speed. You're not really doing much. Then you've got, you know, levels four through six where this requires some effort, but you're still comfortable. Maybe you crank the treadmill to like an incline and you're still doing it, but it requires a little bit of effort or you're doing bicep curls and maybe you, you know, are doing 10 pounds and like eventually it's going to get a little tiring, but nothing crazy. Then we've got level seven through eight where this kind of provokes labored breathing, requires focus to maintain. You can speak, but like in choppy sentences after a set so like maybe you're doing a warm-up set of squats and like it's a moderate amount of weight but like you can complete it for 10 to 12 reps and you rack the bar and like yeah you're a little out of breath but if your homie asks you like what song you're listening to you can answer them without really needing to take a second okay then we've got level nine this is vigorous activity hard to speak needing rest after each set followed by level 10, maximum effort, and it's only really sustainable for 20 to 30 seconds. Your workouts, your lifts, your sets should all be getting to the 8 through 10 range of like, holy shit, this is really fucking hard. If you're not getting to that point and you never reach that point at all in the entire workout, you didn't push yourself enough. And I'm not saying you need to come out of your workout dripping in sweat, out of breath, super tired. Oh my God, I gave it my all. You don't need to do that every day. But at the end, your final set, you know, set three or set four, whatever your programming looks like, you should be choosing a weight for that exercise that provokes that hard to speak, out of breath, needing rest type response. And if it's not, you're not lifting heavy enough. And that's where not utilizing progressive overload gets in the way of a lot of people's progress. They think they're doing hard stuff and they're not. Let's take Bulgarian split squats for an example. Everybody's favorite Bulgarian split squats. If you do those split squats with 10 pounds in each hand, are your legs going to hurt? Yep. Are your legs going to be burning? Yep. Is your heart rate going to go up? Yep. You can do that for weeks, and every single time you do it, that same response is going to happen. It's going to be hard. You're going to be tired. Your legs are going to hurt. But if you keep using that 10-pound weight, it's not doing shit. Your body can use those 20 pounds, those 30 pounds, those 45, like jump up, because even if it's burning a little bit, it's not doing enough if you've been using that same weight over and over and over again. Okay. Okay. Flip side of this, though, guys, there will hit. There will be a point, you'll hit a point where you can no longer increase your weight without, you know, compromising form or potentially not even being able to get, you know, one rep up. You're going to hit a point where, like, you cannot overhead shoulder press more weight than you are currently doing because you're, like, struggling at, like, three reps. And if you pick up the next set, like, you know it's not even getting up for one. So if that is the, the, the happening, that's what's going on. You don't necessarily need to increase your weight to progressively overload properly. You can increase your reps. So let's go back to those split squats. If you then jump up to 30 pounds in each hand, you're banging out your split squats and you're like, holy shit, this is so hard. Everything's burning. My ass is on fire. All of the good things, right? And you know, if you jump up to 40 pounds, there's just no way you're even going to be able to pick it up off the floor. You're worried about your back, your legs. Something's going to go wrong. Instead of doing your same sets, three sets of 10 every time with those 30 pounds, do sets of 12, do a set of 13, do a set of 16, go until your body tells you, I'm good, I'm done, right? Like you don't have to hit that 10th rep and then put the dumbbells down because you're like, oh, the workout it, you know, 10 reps, it is what it is. I, I got to put these down. Like, no, if you can go a little bit more, give a little bit more. That's progressive overload as well. If every week leading up to this, you were only able to do 10 reps with those 30 pounds, and this week you did 12 reps with those 30 pounds. You're then placing that increased stress on your muscles, demanding them to adapt, to change, and to grow. So that's a really good option for progressive overload as well. You can also increase your intensity by decreasing your rest time. So start a timer between your sets. Don't just, you know, scroll around on your phone and look around and text your friend and go on Snapchat and whatever else you're doing. Like set a rest time, give it 60 seconds, jump into your next set, right? Increase the intensity. You can also increase your frequency. So instead of hitting legs, you know, once a week, hit them twice a week. Instead of one compound movement, maybe you deadlift on Mondays, deadlift twice a week, right? Or do two to three compound movements a week. Like there are also ways, again, instead of just increasing the weight to properly progressively overload if the muscle that you're, you know, working on is not responding to the stimulus that you're placing it more weight, more frequency, more intensity, more everything. Just do more. Okay, do more. And one thing that I really like to do that helps me with that like burnout or progressive overload or just really, really hitting that point of fatigue in my muscle groups when I'm like dying in the middle of a lift, but I can't lift any more weight is I'll jump to body weight reps. So if I'm doing squats, and I get to my last, my last rep and like legs are shaking, is going up super slow. I can barely rack it. Ooh, I rack it. I'll step away from the rack and just start banging out body weight squats. That sounds psychotic because it is, but hear me out. My body can then keep going, keep progressively overloading, keep placing stress on that muscle group. Go, go, go. You know, for 15, 20 squats before I'm like completely cooked. I couldn't have done 20 more squats with the barbell on my back But I'll continue to put that stress on my legs with bodyweight reps because I know I can handle a few more of those. So when you're thinking about your next session in the gym, try to implement at least one of these, you know, progressive overload checkpoints to actually be seeing progress in your workouts and in your strength. Okay, reason number two why you are not seeing results is your nutrition is shit. Straight up, your nutrition is ass. It is not doing anything but hurting the process, slowing the process, and probably frustrating the shit out of you. Like I said in the beginning, there is nothing worse than thinking you're doing everything you need to be doing to see results, only to realize that everything that you're doing is wrong. And your nutrition is a big Big, big, big piece of the puzzle. I would say that your nutrition gives you about 90% of your results or lack thereof because you cannot outwork a bad diet. And I don't mean a bad diet as in like you eat McDonald's for every meal. I just simply mean a bad diet as in a diet that is not in line with the goals that you have. And the problem with this is there is now so much education and posts and Instagram and videos around workouts and workout splits and form and tips and a lot less information around your nutrition. The reason, I guess in my opinion, the reason for that is that your nutrition is so much more specific to you. Okay, because if everyone in the planet did the same workout split and focused on progressive overload, yeah, we would all probably be building muscle, right? If that was the goal of the workout plan was to build muscle, if we all followed it, we would build muscle. However, nutrition is not the same. You can't give the same nutrition guidance or guidelines to everyone and expect everyone to see results. Maybe a few people will, maybe, you know, one or two in a group of 10, but it's so specific to you. And that's why it it makes up 90% of your results. If you're not eating for your goals, you're not fueling your body for your goals, you're not making choices based entirely on where you, as an individual, need to be with your nutrition, it's going to slow you down, if not completely stop you. Okay, and I think the biggest mistake that a lot of people make when they start getting onto their health and fitness journey and they're in the gym and they're lifting five days a week and they're going hard and, and they're matching that with like, Shit ass food, just not fueling their bodies the right way, or fueling it with junk and thinking that, like, oh, I just worked out. Now's now's the time for me to go all in on this dinner or this lunch or what. Like it it's so frustrating to see. And the only reason I'm sitting here getting so frustrated is because this was me. (laughs) This was me 150 freaking percent. I started lifting, I was in the gym six days a week. I was lifting heavy. I was freaking dying in my workouts, and seeing absolutely no progress from it. None. I wasn't building muscle. The scale wasn't bulging. I didn't notice a difference in the mirror months and months later, like nothing was freaking changing. And in my crazy mind, the reason was because I was eating too much. Guys, I was probably eating less than like a 1000 calories a day. And I thought, Oh, I must have to eat less. And so I did. And why did I do this? Because I didn't know any better. And that's the problem with a lot of us out there is we think we're doing what we need to with our nutrition, but we don't know any better and it's not going to be helping us. So if your goal is weight loss and you're not seeing the scale go down, it's not your workouts, it's your food intake. If your goal is building muscle and you're in the gym and you're not seeing your muscles grow, it's your food intake. If you feel like you are the person who starts lifting and you always get bulky I'm rolling my eyes if you can't see me. (laughs) It's not the workouts, it's your food intake. Notice a theme here. Every goal that you could have in your health and fitness journey, how quickly or if you're even able to achieve that goal, comes entirely down to your intake intake for you and your goals and your body. Okay, so this is why I started tracking my food um, right back when I graduated college in 2019. I wasn't a bad eater. I wasn't an unhealthy eater. I knew that there was a big difference between a grilled chicken salad and a double bacon cheeseburger. Like, duh, most of us know that difference. The problem is we don't know a lot. We don't know what we don't know. And with nutrition, that is a huge, broad scope of pretty much everything that could make or break your results. So here we go with tracking. Tracking my food. I downloaded my fitness pal like I said back in 2019 and I had no idea what I was doing, not a clue. I just knew that okay, let me at least get an idea of like what I'm eating every day. And I would log my breakfast and my lunch and my dinner and maybe a snack and What I wasn't logging at all was, like, the bites in between meals. And I'm a chocolate lover. I always keep chocolate chips around me. Like, I would never log the handfuls of chocolate chips that I was eating. Or if I knew I was going to go way over the calories that I set, I just wouldn't track it. Like, it took me years and years to understand that the only way to know what you're doing is to know what you're doing. And that's what tracking does. It doesn't restrict you. It doesn't, you know, cause, like, panic and calories and all these, like... It tracking is a form of education, right? My fitness pal is not yelling at you. If you log in that bacon, you know, double bacon cheeseburger, right? That's not restricting you. All it's doing is saying, hey, you're recording that you're eating this double bacon cheeseburger. I'm going to tell you that that double bacon cheeseburger is 1200 calories right? You as the individual, the human being and not the computer app machine, it is then on you whether you feel like you should or you shouldn't eat it. And that's where people get into trouble too. It's like they either decide to ignore those types of things or they just don't, they don't put it in perspective for their goals. And again, tracking is a form of education. So the reason I started tracking and the reason I still do track my calories, my macros, what I'm consuming, all of it is so that I know that all the hard work I'm putting in, in the gym, is going to matter. <laughs> okay. Because if I don't know what I'm eating, I don't know if I'm going to be able to build muscle. I don't know if I'm going to be able to lose weight. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, you know, be developing my legs and my glutes the way I want to because my nutrition is just a big question mark. And again, you can be putting in the effort seven out of seven days a week in the gym. But if you're not eating for your goals, it does not matter. Okay, so you guys don't, I'm not on here to like advocate for tracking or tell you all that you need to download my fitness pal right now. But if you're unsure of where you're at with your food intake, I highly recommend it. It'll give you an idea of what you're eating, how much you're eating, whether you're way under or way over me, I was way under. It's like, oh, wow, I thought I was eating way more in the day and I wasn't right. Or if you're way over and you need to make those adjustments in order to maybe be seeing some progress on the scale. I think as much of a hassle as it possibly could be to, you know, write your food down in your phone before you eat it, personally, it's way more of a hassle to be in the gym doing everything you think you're doing and not seeing the scale budge one freaking pound for months on end because it's not from the workouts, okay? It's not from the workouts. It's not from, you know, you need to get some detox tea or any craziness or the fact that you're just, you're just, it's not working for you. Like, no. No. Chances are, if you're not seeing your scale move the way you want it to see, the way you want it to move, you're eating just too much. And I don't care if it's healthy. I don't care if you eat carrots and salad all day long, hours and hours on end. You can be eating too much healthy, right? Because overconsuming is going to cause weight gain. Underconsuming is going to cause weight loss. There has to be a balance in there. So tracking your food just gives you an idea of kind of where you're at and where to adjust based on these numbers. And you don't need to be tracking your food forever, But again, it's education. Learn the qualities of food. Learn what a good protein source is. Learn what's super calorie dense and what's not. Educate yourself on your food because, hey, listen, you're eating, you know, 24 hours a day. You're only working out maybe one of those hours. Wouldn't you think that it's more important to master your nutrition than it is to master that workout? Just based on that ratio. Nutrition is everything. And if you're not seeing results from your hard work, I guarantee, I, I should have almost put this as number one, your nutrition is shit. And I'm not talking about doing so good Monday through Friday than to blow it on the weekend with binge drinking, snacks out, drunk food, brunch with your girlfriends, all the nine yards. Like if you want to see results, you have to make sure that your nutrition choices are in line with those goals seven out of seven days a week. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect, but you have to make sure that most of your nutrition decisions are in line with that goal the majority of the time. Because the progress and the results that you see are the result of what you do a majority of the time. Not all the time. Not every second of every day. Do you need to be eating carrots and tracking on my fitness pal? Hell no. If you guys know me at all or you follow me on Instagram, you know I have such a sweet tooth. And I love my snacks, my sweets, my desserts, all of it. And I include every single bit of it into my diet, into my tracking, into my intake. And the only reason I can do that successfully is because I make it work in where I need to be, right? Because there's a balance in that. So check yourself before you wreck yourself with your nutrition. If you're not seeing results, I guarantee this should be the first place that you look. All right, that brings us to reason number three that you are not seeing results is you're just inconsistent, Right, you're inconsistent AF. I can't be stressing this more. What I just said in this last little previous bit here, like your nutrition and your results are, are a combination of what you do a majority of the time. Consistency falls right in line with that. You don't need to be perfect in the gym seven out of seven days a week, but you can't be going to the gym every now and then and expecting to see results. You can't be doing good with your food every now and then and expecting weight loss to happen. Like, it's not going to cut it. If you're inconsistent, all you're doing is frustrating the shit out of yourself. Because you think you're doing good, right? I was in the gym last week. I had a salad on on Tuesday. Instead of ordering wings, I ordered grilled chicken. Like, you can pinpoint those actual actions of, like, you doing better and you doing the thing. And that's freaking awesome. But the problem is you're not doing it enough to see the benefits of it. So that leaves you in this, like, weird in-between middle ground of, like, doing what you think you should, but like not seeing results. So then you're frustrated, but it's like, really, you're doing those things, but you should be doing them more. And it's, it's uncomfortable. It's annoying. And then eventually it makes people quit, right? They're like, what the fuck? I ordered the chicken. I didn't see weight loss. Screw this. I'm ordering the wings next time. When in reality, if you had just kept ordering the chicken, you would have seen the scale go down, right? If you're inconsistent with your routine and your habits, if you're inconsistent with anything in life, how do you expect it to pay off? If you're budgeting and you are trying to save money because you want to buy a new car and in order for you to buy a new car, you have to save $100 every single week for the year. I don't know. If you only saved $100, I don't know, 15 weeks out of the 52 of the year, are you going to be able to afford that car? Did you do what you needed to do consistently enough for your budget to work? No. Right. Duh. We know we had to save up X amount of money. We didn't save up X amount of money. We can't buy that car. The same thing applies with like the actions that you take in your health and fitness journey. And for whatever reason, like when you paint that picture of like budgeting and like not having enough money, people are like, well, yeah, duh, I didn't put $100 away these last six weeks. How do I expect to have more money saved up for my car? But when you think about health and fitness, it's like, well, what the heck? I did, you know, go to the gym that one time. And you start, again, pinpointing those little things. You wouldn't start pinpointing the days where you saved like $5 here and $2 there and 60 cents here to try to accumulate your hundred bucks for the week. You just say like, yeah, no, I didn't do what I needed to do. I didn't save $100. But when it comes to the gym, we don't have that same mindset. So switch your mindset. For you to reach your goals, think about it like saving money. You have to be doing it all the time. And again, you don't have to be perfect with it all the time. But if you can think back and you can't really remember the last time you went to the gym two days in a row, or you can't really remember the last time you picked this option over that option when you went out, That's when we know that you're too inconsistent to be seeing the benefits of those small decisions that you are making. And again, that's the most frustrating piece because you are doing what you should be doing. You're just not doing it enough. So if your goals, if your goals aren't an option, stop treating the small things required to get there as an option. Right, if you blow off the gym every single day of the week. You blow off tracking your food. You blow off going for that extra walk. You blow off getting a good night's sleep. You're also blowing off your goals. Don't expect the week to roll around and be like, ah, damn, I didn't lose 10 pounds. Well, yeah, no shit. You also didn't save 100 bucks, right? The same thing applies. Like, you don't have to be perfect, but you have to be doing the thing. I would say at least 80% of the time in order to see the benefits of it. So make a plan and make a plan that works for you. Don't be the girl like I was who says, I'm now going to go to the gym seven out of seven days a week and I'm never going to eat anything but a vegetable. Like, okay, cool, bitch. That's going to last you a week. And then your body's going to be like, hell no. So don't do that. But make a plan and stick to it. Make a plan that you can stick to. If it's only reasonable for you to get to the gym three times a week, Don't start backtracking in your head like, well, three times a week isn't enough. So-and-so that I follow on Instagram, they always go five times a week. And if I'm only going three, I'm never going to see progress. And you kind of talk yourself out of even going for those three times, right? Like don't fall into that all or nothing mindset. Go to the gym three times a week like you promised you would every single week for months and months on end. That's how you see progress. That's how you get consistent. It's not consistency in going seven times. It's consistency in going your three times every single week and making sure that that is a top priority for you and that you don't make excuses as to why you can't be there. And maybe, yeah, your goals will take you six months to achieve instead of four months if you could go every day. But who cares? In six months, then you achieved your goals. Perfect. We keep moving forward from there. Like you got to show up for yourself every day and keep those promises that you make in order to see the benefits of it. Health and fitness is pretty freaking cool. It's kind of like going back to budgeting and and finances. Like you get out what you put in. You really do. You can't expect these crazy goals and results to happen if you don't put in crazy work and, and attention to detail. Like you will literally, your body is a direct result of the work that you are or are not doing. So if you're looking down at yourself right now and you're saying, yeah, damn, I got work to do, that's fine. But be okay with putting in that work. Don't look down at yourself, you know, Six months from now, i be like, yeah, shit, I got work to do. Like, no, start today. Start today. Cut the inconsistency crap. You're only frustrating yourself. Come up with a plan that works for you and stick with it every single day. Potential reason number four why you are not seeing results is your plan just simply doesn't match your goals. You're trying to get from point A to point B. And your plan, your doings are getting you from point A to point C. And you're like, shit, that's not where I wanna be, right? If your plan doesn't match your goals, how are you gonna get there? If you're following your GPS and you put in the wrong destination, yeah, your map's gonna guide you a really freaking weird way. And you're not gonna be happy with where you wind up. So if you can truthfully say that you are doing all three of the things I just listed, you are consistent, your nutrition is where it needs to be, you are implementing progressive overload and you're still not seeing results, it may just be the plan that you're following, right? It, it comes down to really specifics in the gym based on your goals and specifics in your nutrition intake based on your goals and your cardio based on your goals. Like, It all can be very generic, but when it comes down to specifically you, your plan that you're following does need to get you from point A to point B. So make sure that the actions that you're taking are truly in line with the goals that you have and that you have that reasonable ex- like expectation of yourself as to where you want to be. So hear me out. And then I'm very guilty of this, again, why I can talk on many of these topics is because I've been there, done that, learned the hard way, took months and years to figure it out. So I'm trying to help you guys out. If, for example, your goal is to build your glutes, right? I hear that a ton. I am an online health and fitness coach. I work with only women and We are in like the generation of wanting to build up some strong ass legs and I'm here for it. So if your goal is to build up your glutes or your legs and you also love running and you run on the treadmill six days a week and on the seventh day you run outside with your best friend. That's like what you guys do to have fun and you run a few miles every single day. You could still be progressively overloading in your, your lifts to build your glutes. Your nutrition could be on point. You could be in the gym, you know, five days a week working out. But running on the treadmill and doing excess cardio because it's just something you enjoy, like that plan is not going to allow you to build your legs and build your glutes. There's nothing wrong with it. Running is not bad. Cardio is not bad. You're not doing anything wrong, quote unquote. It's just that what you are doing is not pushing you in the direction of your goals. Running in general, this is a very specific example, but you get what I'm saying. Running in general actually... Usually, like if you think of a runner, guys, like no, no runners have these big, you know, built up quads and these nice glutes and like all these thick legs, like no. Runners are very, very lean. Reason being is running typically burns off a lot of that muscle. You have to be pretty lean to be running long distance, right? Nobody's running with these big thunder thighs, like strong as hell, can like deadlift 600 pounds, but they can also run a marathon. Those two things don't line up. So again, it's not that you're doing anything wrong, it's just that the actions that you're taking aren't necessarily in line with your goals. So if your goal is that you want to lose weight, you have to make sure you're in a calorie deficit and staying in a calorie deficit. If you are wanting to lose weight and the only thing that you have really changed is like implementing a ton of cardio, again, that's not really wrong. That can definitely help, but you're not addressing the bigger piece of the puzzle, which is your nutrition. So the best thing to do for this, I think, if you are unsure of if your actions are guiding you in the right direction of your goals, hire a coach. I seriously mean that. Hire a freaking coach. Stop frustrating yourself trying to figure it out online and Google and Instagram. Like There's too much information out there that one thing is going to tell you that if you want to build your glutes, you should be running. The other thing is going to tell you if you want to build your glutes, you never step on a treadmill again. Like And you're kind of left in the middle there like, well... What do I do? Who do I listen to? And that's where I think hiring a coach can be so beneficial. And it doesn't need to be this long-term six-year relationship that you guys build, but like learn those fundamentals, learn what's what and what you need to do according to what goal it is so that you can then implement it on your own with a little bit more security in the fact that you're doing the right thing. Because I hear that a lot as well. And I was there as well where you're in the gym and you're following these lifts and you're working really hard, but you're at the, at the end of the day, you have that voice in the back of your head. You're like, well am I doing this right? Am I doing enough? Am I doing too much? Like, should I be doing this instead of this? And you start to question all the actions that you're taking and you have to constantly like talk yourself off the ledge. Like, no, I'm doing good. I promise I'm doing good. I think I'm doing good. Well, I'm not sure, but like maybe. And then you get discouraged and frustration sinks in again. So if you are not sure if your plan does in fact match your goals and the direction you want to go, hire someone who has a little bit more understanding than you do. Has a little bit more education than you do. Has a certification that requires, you know, the knowledge needed to get you from point A to point B a little bit faster. Last but not least, number five, another reason, the final reason why you may not be seeing results is because you are neglecting the small things, right? We've covered all of the big, big mainstream topics, ideas, fundamentals that you need in order to see progress towards your goals. And if you're doing all those and you can honestly say like, no, D, like I really am. I'm doing, you know, this, 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 and this. Everything looks perfect. It could just be that you're neglecting the small things, sleep, hydration, steps, Neat calories, stress levels, micronutrients. Like, it's not just about macros and workouts, macros and workouts. Like, there is so much more to your fitness journey that if you truly have mastered macros and workouts, macros and workouts, and you're not seeing results, it's got to be something else. And that something else typically comes from the small thing. So, if you are someone who works a super stressful job, crazy hours, you are lacking on sleep, you're always up really late, and then you're awake super early and you miss missed breakfast and you're on the go and you're running, but like, hey, I never skip a workout. The two of them are working against each other. Your stress levels, your lack of sleep, your increased cortisol, your hormones being out of whack, all of those things are not only slowing your progress, they could even be stopping your progress. If your goal is weight loss right you want to be shedding weight shedding body fat your body has to be okay to like lose that weight if you are in a state of super high stress cortisol your stress level your stress hormone cortisol levels are way up you're lacking sleep your body's not able to recover it's kind of running on e running on caffeine at this point to get through in that heightened state do you think your body's going to say like huh yeah now's a really good time to actually lose a little bit of body fat i got this hell no we are hardwired as human beings to store and keep as much body fat as possible. It's in our genetics. It's in our DNA. It's, it's evolution, right? When we grew up, not us personally, but human beings, there was always a food shortage. So our bodies were programmed to like store fat, store fat, store fat. We don't know when the next meal is coming. Let's just make sure we have enough just in case. And we obviously as human beings have evolved, but our hardwiring has not. So when you put your body in this crazy high stress fight or flight response where it's like, I don't know if I'm ready to get attacked by a tiger or if I just have to present at this next board meeting, there's no way your body is going to say, huh, yeah, I'll lose a little bit of fat. No, it thinks it's getting ready to fight a tiger. It wants all the weight, all the mass it can possibly have. It's not going to lose shit. So if you're not seeing progress, take a look at your sleep patterns. You know, when do you typically go to bed? When do you typically wake up? What is the quality of your sleep like? Take a look at your hydration. Okay, We should all be drinking around a gallon of water a day. That is the estimate. If you're a little bit under, that's fine. A good place to start, a good minimum for most people, is take your body weight, divide it in half, and drink that many ounces of water every single day. Okay, So if you're not hydrated at all, you're completely dehydrated, hell no, the scale's not going to go down. Your body needs water for everything, weight loss included. Take a look at your steps, right? Most of, not all of us have some sort of activity tracker, like glued to their wrists at this point. We all have some way to track our steps. And if you don't have an activity tracker, guess what? Your iPhone does it for you. If you are crushing in the gym for your hour lift every single night of the week, but your steps for the day are at like a thousand, right? If you didn't get out of your chair at work for eight hours, it doesn't matter that you worked out for a little bit. Okay, your body is not meant to sit and be stationary for hours and hours on end. Get up, move around, even if it's a quick lap to the bathroom and back 15 times for the day because you're drinking all that water now, those things make a difference. You want to be aiming for around 10,000 steps a day. Just be an active human being, not an active couch potato. And I say that because a lot of people start working out and that's their form of activity and the rest of the day they're sitting on the couch. Don't do that. That's slowing your progress as well. It's not going to lead you anywhere fun. Micronutrients. Okay, just because you are now in a MyFitnessPal world of tracking, hitting macros, protein all the time type mindset doesn't mean you get to neglect the micronutrients, the fruits, the vegetables, the vitamins, the minerals, all the good stuff. Okay, Those things are necessary in order to be able to process the macronutrients and for your body to run as optimally as possible. For you to change your body, whether that's weight loss or muscle gain, you want your body to be in an optimal position. That way it's a lot more malleable and it can go either direction with a little bit less resistance. So focus on those micronutrients. Don't neglect your greens and your veggies just because you're now hammering down grilled chicken and steak every hour of the day to hit your protein goal throw some broccoli in there, some asparagus, right? Have some fruit with breakfast. Do those small things because again, it's not just about your macros and your workouts. There's so much more to your fitness journey and I want to make sure that you're you're a healthy human being and not just you've got great biceps or great shoulders. Like, how, how is your body functioning? Does it feel good? Are your hormones good? Are you always tired? Are you always groggy? Do you have brain fog? Like, those things are huge indicators. So pay attention to your biofeedback and don't just ignore it, right? If you're exhausted, don't say, ah, oh, grind time now. I'm getting to the gym. Like, maybe sleep a little bit more that day. Make those adjustments for your overall well-being and you will your body will respond a lot easier to the specific goals that you have. Those are my top five, guys. I want you to reflect on your own actions in in respect to each of these five, right? Don't just say, oh, yeah, I'm not progressively overloading. That's it. You got it. Check that off. I'm going to make sure I do that in the gym this week. Like, no, take a really good look at all five. And you could be guilty of all five. And that's fine. But start making small adjustments in each one. Don't go balls to the wall crazy changing everything because you just realize that nothing that you're doing is in line with your goals. Like, I guarantee that's not the case. But there's definitely some adjustments that can be made to make your results happen a little bit faster. And who doesn't want that? Okay, so whether you're doing one or none or all of these five, make those adjustments. Start seeing those progress. And best, best piece of advice I can give, guys, don't quit. Do not quit. Quitting is never the answer. Get frustrated, make changes, pivot the plan, and keep moving forward.